This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Welcome to Change for Your Dollar, a podcast where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money and faith. I'm your host, John Putnam. After two decades as a financial advisor and almost 20,000 conversations with people just like you, I noticed that money has a sneaky way of getting between us and God. And whether you have a lot of money or a little, your mindset around money affects your relationship to God and your life. Listen, friends, money's not bad, but it's also not easy. So let's explore together how to align your money choices with your faith, using money as a tool with God as your guide. Because I believe you can love God, have money, use it wisely, and boldly live a faithful life. Welcome to episode six of Change for Your Dollar. John Putnam here, and I have the second part of a two-part podcast with my friend Megan Hyatt Miller. As I shared last week, Megan is president and chief executive officer at Michael Hyatt and Company, a highly successful performance coaching company. It's been an Inc. 5000 company three years in a row, and when she's not leading and growing the company, she's hanging out at home fully present with her husband, Joel, and five kids. So the conversation continues today with my friend Megan Hyatt Miller. Megan, welcome back. It's so good to have you back on the podcast today. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me back. I can't wait to continue our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So if you haven't listened to the podcast from last week, I highly recommend you go back and take a listen to it because Megan shared a story that turned into a pivotal life lesson for her father, Michael, her mom, Gail, and affected the entire family and started um, really sort of a domino effect that has now continued to grow and has grown into Michael Hyatt and company. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and Megan's role there. But before we jump into it, Megan, I just wanted to start off by reading the mission of Michael Hyatt and company because this really falls directly in this idea of the blessings and burdens around wealth and life and faith. I just want to share this with our listeners. The mission of Michael Hyatt & Company. At Michael Hyatt & Company, we see personal and professional growth as a divine calling and glorify God by stewarding and improving the people skills and opportunities entrusted to us. Winning at work and succeeding at life is an expression of that stewardship, along with cultivating our businesses, closest relationships, relationships, and ourselves to achieve their greatest potential. And I've seen that mission lived out, Megan, as I've attended Business Accelerator and other programs, as I've had the privilege to be a coach with Michael Hyatt and company, which has been great. So I've seen this up close. Tell us a little bit about the company and where that story, that pivotal story came from and what it's evolved into today. Well, you know, when we were together last, John, we talked about the story where my dad had achieved something amazing professionally and thought my mom would be excited as he came home to tell her and kind of had a collision with reality that she was left holding the bag in a way that enabled him to do that, but also was not tenable going forward. And that really began a process where he examined his relationship with work and success and achievement and redefined it so that ultimately he could get something that we now, Michael, Hyatt and Company call the double win, winning at work and succeeding at life. Because we 
believe that work is good, that it's God ordained, and that when our kind of sense of work gets out of whack and it, and it becomes too big in our life, you know, when we are overworking or we're drifting into workaholism, that it compromises things outside of work, like our most important relationships, mm-hmm. our health. And what we want for our clients is and customers is that they would be able to certainly be successful, that they could accomplish the things that matter most in their life and their work, but that they would not do that at the expense of the things that also matter outside of work. We want to create a path for people to do that. And to see how this had been germinating for so many years, because your dad was an entrepreneur, then went to work for Thomas Nelson, which is where the story you shared last episode emanated from. And it sort of started this domino effect that has now become this mission that I just shared of you all to help people win at work and succeed at life. Another pivotal moment that happened recently, which is really what I wanted to talk about today, and thanks for that background, was that you and your father just wrote your first book together called Win at Work and Succeed at Life. So tell me, what led you to write that book? Well, this is a book that is the heartbeat of our work at Michael Hyatt and Company. And we wanted to take this message of the double win, winning at work and succeeding at life and get it out to more people. Because what we know, especially in the wake of COVID, in the wake of just all the challenges that have come from that, is that overwork is not tenable anymore for us. You know, we know what the consequences are of that. And yet many people feel trapped in a cycle of overwork. There's almost a culture or a cult of overwork, as we call it in the book, you know, where there's enormous pressure in the corporate world to perform. And we love performance. We are a performance coaching company at Michael Hyde and Company, but we don't really think you get the best performance out of yourself or others by engaging something that is called the hustle fallacy or we call it the hustle fallacy. This idea that, you know, I can just put my most important priorities outside of work on hold for a little while so I can just pedal to the metal and go after this big goal, you know? Mm -hmm. And the alternative to that though, that we kind of are presented with, and frankly, we get a lot of pressure for this in the Christian world, I think more than other places, is something that we call the ambition break, where in an effort to not overwork and prioritize the things that matter outside of work, we just decide that we're not going to really really pursue fully what God's called us to. We're not going to realize the potential that he has put in us. We're just kind of tap that break a little bit. And, you know, our contention in the book is that both of those options, the hustle fallacy and the ambition break stink. We don't like either one of them, you know, that there's a better option, which is the double win winning at work and succeeding at life. So this book is all about, okay, if that's true, then what's the path to get you there? How mm-hmm. do you accomplish this feat that seems sometimes impossible from the outside. Yeah. And that's exactly why I wanted to talk about this today, leveraging and pivoting off of the story from last episode was because so many times we see our careers as providing money and financial resources for our families. So, you know, work can be additive into some of those tensions and burdens, but also into some of the blessings that we get. But what does that balance look like? And I love the way that y'all put this together in this book. So for the listeners, 
lot of great information in here. You just already talked about two points that is enough for somebody to think about for a couple hours and have a conversation over a cup of coffee. But if you had to sort of share three pearls with our listeners today and that you said, look, if I was as an author, what are the three pearls that you would want somebody to make sure they got out of this? And why would you want them to understand those three pearls? I know there's more than that, but if you had to pick three, what do you think they'd be? Yeah, that's a hard question to answer, but it's an important one as well. And I think the reason this matters is because most of us have been presented with this idea that often gets kind of packaged up as work-life balance in magazines or blog posts or whatever. And the solutions are not usually well thought out and they don't work. And so then when we try to put them into practice, they fail and we feel like we failed, but it's actually not that we failed. It's just that the solutions are not robust enough for the real challenges of our mm-hmm. life. So I think there's a lot at stake. Our families are at stake. Our health is at stake. Our potential in the world is at stake, living out our callings. So there's a lot at stake, which is why I think it matters to kind of boil this down. The first pearl that I would say, and this really kind of comes out from a list of principles and, and practices in the book, is that work is only one of many ways to orient your life. Mm. And the, the kind of flip side to that is that we have to define for ourselves what is our double win? What does it mean for you to win at work and succeed at life? You know, this is kind of goes back to what I was talking about with our company earlier, this idea of vision alignment and execution. Most of us have not had the opportunity or the invitation to think about a vision for our life and our work and how those things are related to each other. And so what we invite you to in this book, When It Work and Succeed at Life, is to define your double win, to envision what does it mean for you to win at work and succeed at life. So I think that's the first thing is work is only one of many ways to orient your life. And to do that well, you need to define your own double win. Okay. The next thing I would say is that, you know, constraints foster productivity, creativity, and freedom. Okay. Now, this is funny because- say that one more time. Constraints. Okay. Constraints foster productivity, creativity, and freedom. Now, this is very counterintuitive, right? Because most of us think that constraints are the enemy, (laughs) (laughs) that that limitations are the problem. And in reality, when we do things, and this is kind of the practice part of this, like constrain our workday, we decide I'm going to start working at nine, I'm going to be done at five, for example, or in our company, we're working toward a six hour workday where we start at nine and we end at three most days. And that's really radical. That's not essential for getting the double win, but that's kind of what it looks like for us. You know, that what happens when you say, I'm going to be really done at five or six or, you know, pick your time. You all of a sudden start making better decisions with your time and how to invest it for a return than you ever would have if you just said, well, I can get back to my email after I put the kids to bed or I'll get up early and finish that report. When you have this sort of endless time, First of all, it's impossible to have the double win because you're working all the time. But second of all, your greatest performance, your greatest contribution is also impossible because you're not having to make hard decisions just like we have to do with our money. When our resources are scarce, we make better decisions, right? We have to say, but where is the best place to spend that $100? Unless, you know, rather than I'll just spend $100 everywhere. I mean, it's a, it's a different kind of mindset there. Right, and when our time is involved, you know, unlike right? Unlike money, you can earn more. 
You can't, That's get, right. you can't get more time. So I love the idea that the constraints actually create a unique kind of freedom that is very rare. So good. It is. I think it takes a certain level of maturity to see that. But man, once you get a hold of this, I get excited about constraints because I know what happens when we embrace them. The third pearl, John, that I would say is that work-life balance is truly possible. We have all been told it's a lie. It's unattainable. It is possible when, as a practice, we schedule what matters. You know, most of us are going through life with our schedule happening to us. We don't have a clear vision of what this double win looks like. We don't have constraints in place on our workday. And we're not trying to schedule the things that really matter in terms of our self-care, our relational priorities, or the professional results that we're responsible for. And as a result, you know, we kind of have a tail wagging the dog situation where our schedule is is whipping us around and it's not Mm -hmm. aligned with our greatest priorities. And so, Your calendar is where your vision for your life lives or dies. And I think when you make friends with that calendar and you start scheduling the things that matter, the transformation that can happen in terms of getting your own double win is is truly unbelievable, but it is attainable. You know, you're speaking about the calendar and I'm thinking as you're sharing that what you're describing is the time equivalent of the financial budget, right? That constraints create freedom. Even if you have, you know, some people, they run out a month before they run out of money. Other people run out of money before they run out of months. So whether you have too little or too much... God still calls us to steward our resources well. And time is just one of those very important factors. Could be the most important factor. I say it's the currency of the future because we get our time right because then it connects to so many things of which one of them is money. Yeah, I think stewardship is such an important word there. That's something we talk a lot about at Michael Hyde and Company and in our work because there is this sense of God has entrusted us with today and our job is to use that in a way that ultimately glorifies him and returns that back. You know, we get kind of the raw material of this day to return it back is something beautiful and valuable and meaningful. And that's part of how we honor him. And that's part of our stewardship, you know, to create something valuable with it. And so I think as Christians, we kind of have an edge here because we have this theological perspective that the rest of the world doesn't have that gives us an imperative around how we spend our time that really brings clarity in a way that most people don't have access to. My listeners already know if they listen to the first few episodes and they'll hear more about this, but I like the word stewardship. A lot of people think it's one of Mm -hmm. these sort of dusty old church words, but I'm shining a light on it because I don't think the church gives it the dynamic, life-changing definition and impact and momentum that it holds. I think of stewardship as every choice you make after you say yes to Jesus because everything we have is a resource and time and the way we go about thinking about it is so critical in what we do every day. Megan, I write about, you know, the blessings and burdens around our money and our faith and our life. When a leader, a pastor, a nonprofit leader, whomever it may be, or just an individual, a student, when they win at work and succeed at life, how does that begin to build on the blessings and maybe even reduce some of the burdens when it comes to our money and our faith, our life and our time? Yeah. I think first of all, and this is sort of the blessing and the reducing of burdens in in one package, it 
brings our life into congruence with our values and ultimately with what God's calling us to. Because I think that, you know, we have a false distinction between the secular part of our life, our, our work, if we're not in, you know, a, a ministry context and the sacred part of our life outside of work. And I think in reality, that doesn't really exist. You know, God is holding us accountable in a good way for our stewardship of our whole life. And so when we look at this idea of winning at work and succeeding at life, we're able to bring how we spend our time, how we invest our resources financially in terms of time, whatever, into congruence with our values and and most importantly, with the gospel. And I think that is critically important. I think otherwise what we experience is this regret around knowing that we're not in integrity or we're not in congruence and trying to reconcile that when it's too late. And, you know, we all know stories of that. My, as I said in our last episode together, my dad dad's story could have been a story of regret. And it could have been a story when, you know, we were sitting here today and he lost his marriage and his relationship with his adult children, but it wasn't. That's not how the story turned out because he made a really pivotal decision when my mom came to him and said, this isn't working. This, this workaholic thing is not working for our family. You know, he made a decision to bring his life into congruence, into integrity and Ultimately, that changed the trajectory of our family story, of, of our family tree, probably for generations that won't mm. even remember us, you know, which is is pretty amazing. So I think that is both a blessing and a reduction of the heaviness of life that is kind of unnecessary in these areas. Yeah. I'm just reminded that God's mercies truly are fresh every single day. Yes. That we have. That's yes. so good. Well, I've been talking to Megan Hyatt Miller, CEO of Michael Hyatt and Company. Megan, where can listeners find more about you online, learn about you, your book, When at Work Succeed at Life, right? Which is out now, or information about your company. Yeah. The best place to find all of that is at michaelhyatt.com. I don't spend a lot of time on social media because I'm investing my time elsewhere with my five crazy kids. So, uh That's where I'm focused. Yeah, that's right. However, michaelhyatt.com is the place to learn about all those things. And we'd love to meet up with you there. Well, Megan, it's been so great to have you here. Thank you again for joining me on these last two episodes. It's just been so, so good. Thanks, John, for having me. It's been my pleasure. So I've been talking to Megan Hyatt Miller, CEO of Michael Hyatt and Company. Our last episode, we talked about a story that created a pivotal event that decades later has grown into a pivotal company in this unique space with a mission to win at work and succeed at life and honor God in the process. So thank you so much for tuning in and please join me again next week for another episode. After a conversation like today, you may be thinking, am I falling into a trap like that? You know, there are certain financial responsibilities and opportunities in all of our lives. And sometimes we can all focus on a financial opportunity and forget to be present in other important areas of our lives. So I've got a quick diagnostic for you on my website, changeforyourdollar.com. And it's there to help you plan to identify potential problem areas and help you plan to be present. So I hope you enjoy that. And it's a free PDF download for you on changeforyourdollar.com. You've been listening to Change For Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Thank you for joining me for Change For Your Dollar where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. 
For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.